Welcome to another week of Surviving Creativity. I'm your co-host, Corey Cassoni, and I'm joined every week by cartoonist Scott Kurtz and Brad Geiger as we discuss following your dreams, becoming your own boss, and surviving the process. Don't forget, you can now find us on iTunes. Just search Surviving Creativity and add us to your queue. You'll get updated every time we've got a new episode. Remember, this show is made possible by listeners like you. If you like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and please consider becoming a patron. This week, the users shut down Reddit. Tokyo Pop comes back. Contracts you probably shouldn't sign. And Brad Geiger gets double sword fished. When are you going to like it? So sit back, relax, and enjoy another week of Surviving Creativity. Is there something in your eye? Uh, do you want some coffee? No, I'd like some tea. Hello? <laughs> Is it tea you're looking for? Green or Darjeeling? God, what's the letter after A? Hello? <laughs> Is it B you're looking for? You can do that with almost any letter. Is it C you're looking for? Is it D you're looking for? E, G, F. No, not F. No. Not looking for F. Oh, I'm getting a G. P. Speaking of potential topics, what does it mean that Reddit fired Victoria? People are like now proclaiming that Reddit is dead. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Reddit in revolt. Why was popular director Victoria Taylor fired? Tell us. I don't know. Anime Not moderator sacked the day after about. a disastrous Jesse Jackson Q&A. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Dateline, the internet. <laughs> Oh my god. Speaking of ads, I cannot close this one. Disastrous Jesse Jackson interview on Reddit. <laughs> High traffic subreddits dedicated to movies, gaming, video history, science, and art have been voluntarily locked by their moderators as an act of protest against the decision which they saw as a symptom of increasingly overbearing management that takes its users and volunteer moderators for granted. Jesse Jackson, red, white, yellow, who shall sit together? (laughs) No, hold on a second. This is interesting because this this actually means that Reddit is basically unusable. Yeah, it's like... Categories. For certain categories. But those are their, like, movies, gaming, videos, history, science. Like, those are the Mm. big categories on reddit right right i'm looking yeah. at i mean i'm looking at comics right now and then that's still going but i'll bet you if i go to funny yeah yeah if you go to reddit r funny this subreddit is private 
It's really uh, difficult for me because my life changes zero percent. Over 100 <laughs> subreddits with tens of millions of subscribers have gone dark. <laughs> Brad, that was almost the loop again. <laughs> I was trying to read and laugh at the same time. Yeah, if you go, if you scroll down on that funny, it'll it says that it's gone private to participate in a current ongoing strike. Now the the funny that that one is huge. Users are now. I've, I've tried to submit stuff to that, and it's yeah. just bounced out as quickly as I can put it. It's in. saying now that users are flocking to their competitors. Uh, frisbee users and vote. Are flocking outside to talk to people in person. <laughs> People are communicating face to face. Can you believe it? It's anarchy. Oh God! People are picking up their phones and calling their friends directly. Man, Ellen Powell has had a hell of a talk to me about comics. One was panically turned saying. <laughs> so Victoria Taylor, a veteran administrator, specialized in arranging high-profile Reddit Q and As. Uh, also known as the AMAs, the Ask Me Anythings. Uh, what did she do? I'm still reading here to figure out what happened exactly. This must have just happened, right? Uh, I'm thinking so. I'm I like the things I'm seeing here is like seven hours ago. It says there's still users are still in the dark as to why she was removed. So even without knowledge of why she's removed, these forum, uh, these you know, these Reddit moderators are shutting it down. Reverend Jesse Jackson hosted an AMA on Wednesday, and it did not go as planned. Top question stated that he is an immoral, hate-filled race baiter that has figured out how to manipulate the political system for your own gain. That was the top question of his AMA. Hmm. Jackson's answers became confusing and evasive. When asked, what are some of the average African, what are some things the average African-American can do to help reduce racial tensions? Jackson wrote, well, the source of those tensions often comes from denial of an even playing field. Uh, You know, we are very good athletes. We are very good at athletics. That was Jackson's answer, huh? What? Wait, who said that? Jesse Jesse Jackson. Jackson, Yeah, Jesse Jackson's answer to what are some things that the average African-American can do to help reduce racial tension in his area, Jackson wrote, well, the source of those tensions often come from denial of an even playing field. You know, we are very good at athletics. What? What? I'm glad we're not recording this. (laughs) Are you reading this on Gawker, Corey? Uh, no, I'm on, I don't know what news site I'm on right now. I'm on a news site so full of ads, I have to keep closing them in order to read the news. Oh my God. Well, yeah, I think that's, you were on the one I just got out of. It's a UK thing. The next, I I was, one particularly vicious post asked, my question is simple. How is your relationship with the illegitimate child you fathered in 1998 while cheating on your wife? Bonus question. How much money have you extorted from various people and companies over the years practicing your shakedown scheme? Oh my God. Wow. Whoa. So his, his answer supposedly was, I do, but I was jailed in 1960 for trying to use a public library, and that caused more good than harm. I marched to end segregation. 
the day Dr. King spoke in Washington. I was there for that speech. That day from Texas to Florida, you couldn't use a single public toilet. We could not buy ice cream at Howard Johnson's or stay in the Holiday Inn. We fought to bring down those barriers, and because those walls are down, all the new interstate construction across the south, the new bridges, ports, and seaports, that's progress. And it goes on from there. It's, it's, it's pretty hard to follow his logic. Wait, so sum this up for me, because I don't want to get into the... Uh, Vic- Victoria Taylor, who is the boss lady of doing uh, Ask Me Anything's AMAs, which is a very popular Reddit okay. thing. She is sure. usually the liaison that sets up the big names. Um, you know, Obama, Jesse Jackson. So she set Jesse up Jackson. an AMA with Jesse Jackson. Right. It went... And it was the real Jesse Jackson. Yes. Okay. I don't know how they confirm that. Well, I mean, it would be her job to confirm it, right? There's some. I'm uh-huh. just reading this now. There's some some speculation that maybe it was an intern, or maybe not. Jesse Jackson answering those questions. They still haven't explained why Victoria Taylor was fired. Um. And in fact, it looks like. Uh, Alexis O'Hanan, who's one of the co-founders put out a statement he says we do not talk about specific employees but i do want you to know that if i'm here uh that i'm here to triage ama requests in the interim uh we get that losing victoria has a significant impact on the way you manage your community i really like to under uh i'd really like to understand how we can help solve these problems because i know uh the r slash ima thrived be before her and will thrive after so basically jesse jackson's ama went sideways uh, Victoria Taylor was fired. Um, Reddit is saying nothing, and the users of Reddit, the the forum moderators, are locking are down. Revolting. Yeah, they're locking down their Reddit forums until they get an answer. Uh, and that's all the information we have. So, I mean, we could Fox News it if you want. We could start speculating <laughs> the shit out of this. You want Nancy Grace it? Well, like they did with the the shooting in the the not shooting in Washington the other day. Did you see that? No. Really. The Navy Yard in Washington that was uh, shut down? No. No. I haven't heard about this. It was widely reported as a uh, shooting. Like, widely reported. Confirmed sources say, et cetera, et cetera. And it was nothing of the sort. Oh. And it, it was, was like... actually a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's playing WoW? Who is it? What are you talking about? I was just typing. I hear an ad somewhere. Does anybody else hear that? Is there an ad playing in the background as we search these new sites? There might be. I oh, guarantee you. I, I got I, a bunch I, of tabs open. I bet you one of them is playing an ad. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're on that UK site that was the first one I clicked, uh, it's it's repugnant. Yeah, it's, it's me. Repugnant. It's a Game of Thrones ad. Auto played in the background after a tab was open for five plus minutes. Let's talk about aggressive advertising real <laughs> <laughs> it's getting bad, man. It's super bad. It's getting real bad. I well, I was telling Corey before we started. Uh, it, this, it, it was so bad. I was trying to do a little research on our first topic, and I, I was went to comic book resources, and I got so many ads, so many ads that were hard to close down. I finally had to close my browser and just start all over. It was impossible to read. The 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 worst one. Um, where it just becomes impossible and in, untenable is when you try to do it on your phone. Oh, yeah. It's it's really bad. It's bad. 
super bad. Um, people, what's funny is I know that that not just publishers, but I know that advertisers are aware of it. Uh, we talked about this briefly. We did a we did a uh, and it's not out yet, but we did Patreon's podcast about Patreons that'll be coming out. We'll we'll tell everybody when it's out. Here we go. Wow. That was something else. Men in uh, the box, get back in the box. <laughs> 122 at, uh, oh, I did it back. We did the whole thing like that. That was us. It was, it was for realsies radio time. 45, 45 minutes past the hour. Here we go. You listen to the Patreon podcast with John and the douche. <laughs> Boosh. All right. Let me make a note where I need to cut. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, <laughs> what I what I think is interesting is that so as a publisher, right, you want to put advertising on your site because you need to monetize free content, right? You're putting out content for free, and you know, let's be honest, if you're on the net, nothing's free. You think it's free, but you're you're you are actually the product. As the consumer, you're the product. You're going to the site, you're viewing content, which means you're getting thrown ads at you typically, right? Uh, and no one's talking about it. No, everybody's. I mean, how can you not? We're talking about it right now. Oh, right. oh wait, that would you're yeah, you're right. Nobody's talking about. Nobody's talking Nobody's about. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as a publisher, what's happened is the the floor for these ads has gone down and down and down to the point where you're not you're now not making enough money on these ads to uh, overcome the costs of actually running the site. So what a lot of people have been doing is they've been adding more ads in, which means consumers of the sites, I will call them readers, consumers may be the wrong term, but readers are now coming to these sites and they're installing, you know, ad blockers and they're, they're as equally as aggressively going after these ads to shut them down. Uh, which means now the advertisers are getting even more aggressive with their ads. So now you've got native content, which these are stories that are written that aren't actually from the site. They're, you know, they're written by planters, peanuts, all about the health benefits of peanuts or something like that. Uh, you've, you're, you're given, um, you're given ads that pop in or pop over or take over the whole site. And it's gotten to the point where it's too, it's too much. The content's now unreadable. Right. And oh, yeah. even, even people like, like us, uh, at, at Tune studios, we run, you know, several different sites and we, aggressively go after the aggressive ads. So if a user tells us like, Hey, this ad played video, this ad played B roll. And I don't, I didn't want it to, you know, we go find out who that advertiser is and try and shut them down. You know, they, we have certain rules. They're not allowed to do that on our site. We use Google and we told Google, we don't want these kind of advertisements, but now people are using, they're not even posting their own ads anymore. They're now using third party agencies to do the ad buying for them. So they'll just say, I want a billion views. They don't even care where they show up. And this right. kind of lack of, of uh, buyers giving a shit has driven the price down so low, we can no longer make money. It used to be we would go to Blizzard and say, hey, we have a game-related website. You guys have a new expansion coming out. We're a perfect fit for each other, and we'd set up an ad deal. Now we go to Blizzard's agency who you know, doesn't even know who we are. They look at our numbers and go, ah, you, you, don't, you don't pull enough numbers. We're going to post this ad on you know new york times and bmx cycle biking extreme.com or whatever so they're not even hitting their core audiences anymore nobody nobody even cares anymore um but the publishers this is what's interesting to me the advertisers uh 
I think that's the right term, the agencies who are handling the advertising. So for instance, Google, they're aware that this has become a problem and now they're trying to do something about it. So Google's, mm -hmm. Google's beta testing a thing right now called Google Contribute. And you go to Google, most people have a Google wallet, right? It's, a, it's a, like an online payment. Think about it like PayPal for Google. And you, uh, you set up your Contribute account and you say, I want to give, you know, 10 bucks a month or five bucks a month. And then publishers say, I want to participate and contribute. And then when that user that put in money goes to your site, they don't see ads anymore. If it's, a, if it's a Google ad, Google just takes them down. And then they pay the publisher what they would have gotten paid from that impression. Do you see what I'm saying? And then, and then somehow that trickles down to the publisher? Well, Google's just passing the money through. They're, you know, I'm sure they're taking a percentage. It's very unclear from the publisher side right now. They're still, I mean, this is still a beta. They're still working out the kinks. But essentially, yeah. I mean, most people are serving Google ads these days. And, uh, you know, Google double, the, the Google double click cookie is a very robust piece of equipment. Uh, it's a, it's an amazing little bug that sits in your computer and, and, uh, tells, tells Google where you've been, what you're doing and, and provides you with relevant advertising. Uh, I know somebody's out there conspiracy theorizing right now about how the governments are tracking them and possibly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Put on your tin hat and look, it's true, but that the, I mean, Rita Eula, you know, like people can't complain on one oh, hand the about this. One is the uh, the best one is the Facebook app that let everybody uh, cover their profile picture with uh, <laughs> the rainbow flag. Yes. <laughs> Why? What? Uh, tell me more. Tell me more. Information on everybody. Oh, <laughs> that's so. a good point. Uh, so anyway, Google Contribute is this new thing, um, and I'm experimenting with it right now, and we'll do some experimenting with it as a publisher, and we'll, we'll you know we'll come back to it. But I think that that. It's not just that users are aware now. I think that advertisers are aware that this has become a problem, and we're going to start have we're going to have to start paying for content. Sorry, stuff stuff don't get made for free. Yeah, but we've coming around on that one a long time. I mean, we, I, I, you, all three of us remember what it was like back in two thousand, where it was absolutely. Uh, you know, the end of the world if you suggested something like this. And we've come so far. I think we're ready for this idea of, uh, you know, paying for your content and stuff like that. People are people are ready to accept it. Well, the, technolo the technology allows for it, right? Right. You know, and if, right. it's like you've got Patreon. So, for instance, this podcast, we would do it anyway. We've talked about doing it anyway. But our options for making it financially viable for us in terms of literally in terms of our time it's not like we have a humongous we're not getting thousands of dollars every time we post an, an episode or something like that we're quite literally getting enough for us to sit down do this for a while edit it together and put it up uh and that's perfectly acceptable you know you know what i mean here we go with ads uh this this page that i was on with the victoria taylor stuff literally just reloaded itself reloaded all of its ads and started playing two b-rolls against each other so now i've got really? two videos Holy playing at the same shit. time uh, oh, and a pop-up ad that took over the screen. <laughs> For good measure. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, you know, I, I think it's promising that Google Contribute potentially exists. I think Patreon is a big deal. I think uh, Stripe and Gumroad and Paywhirl. And I mean, there's so many different ways now where you're still giving your content away. But if somebody's a super user, like if they really love what you're doing and they want to help you out, they no longer have to buy a T-shirt. You know, they can just they right. can just give you money. 
I, we've got to take a moment, especially this week, and sing the praises of Patreon. Uh, I, I don't know that you guys are aware of this, but uh, obviously it's the beginning of the month, so June charges were uh, began to get processed on July 1st for Patreon creators, right? right? Yeah. And everybody saw about 70% of their pledges decline. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which sent a ripple effect uh, through the Patreon creator community. What happened? Uh, it's like, well, I don't know that they know yet, uh, but I'm, if I'm to understand Patreon, I, well, I, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. Uh, so, like, it was it was ridiculous the number of declines. The ne by the next morning, uh, Patreon had sent out a message to everybody, kind of indicating that they saw it happen too. Reading in between the lines, it's more something that happened on their side than on our side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I they the reason usually it takes from the first to the fifth to get your full Patreon amount because they run the cards and then a certain amount of them are declined for whatever reason and then they run them again but I think that they have to wait like 48 hours before they run the same number a second time which is why it usually takes five days before everything is shook out and uh, they were on top of it within the first I'd say 12 to 24 hours of the cycle and that's super identified impressive. that it was hmm. something that was happening with their system. Yeah, I think to, again, I'm doing a little bit of reading in between the lines here because uh, you know they didn't come out and say it, but they immediately began running the cards again. And by this point, today's uh, July 3rd, I've got about 90% of what I was expecting for the month of June. They've caught up. Uh, but they were like on top of it immediately. They sent out a detailed email to creators first thing in the morning. Uh, I, you, I, you just have to take a minute and appreciate everything that they're doing to do this thing right. Because uh, I know whatever they went through on the night of July 1st, it was a horror story. Uh, and man, they, they just did a great job. I think so that's kudos to Patreon. That's the hardest part, right? With with all of this new technology is having the staff like 90% of the time you don't need those people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like with our sites, you know, we, we have freelancers that do the majority of our site work, but it's like when we need them, we usually need them immediately. And it's, it, it's, it's rarely like, ah, oh, let's do this thing. It'll, it'll take a while. No big deal. It's usually frantic phone calls to see who's available. <laughs> to fix to fix the problem and if we had somebody on staff all the time it's like they would have to be a unicorn like they'd have to have more than one technological skill because we, we just we can't employ them the whole time doing you know doing just that one thing so yeah that, right. i mean that's super impressive for a company to recover like that <clears throat> yeah uh i want to talk about something okay do you want to talk about companies recovering because i was going to use that as a segue <laughs> you were going to transition i was what do you want to talk about scott Tokyo Pop. Yeah, company's recovering. <laughs> <laughs> That's the segue. I want to talk about Tokyo Pop. Speaking of companies recovering, let's talk about Tokyo Pop. <laughs> Co Corey. Corey. <laughs> Yes. What is Tokyo Pop? With over 30 combined years of cartooning uh, <laughs> between you guys, uh, Brad, who's your favorite Beatle? <laughs> Brad can't answer. He's dying over there. 
<laughs> I had to turn off my mic because I started choking. <laughs> uh, Corey, what is Tokyo Pop? Tokyo Pop uh, is, and I don't say was because they never technically went away. Tokyo, uh-huh. Tokyo Pop, and this I think this is where people are getting confused a little bit about Tokyo Pop. Tokyo Pop is a, is a publishing company who for a long time primarily licensed work from Japan uh, and would translate it into English. And they were mm-hmm. at the top of their game during the the kind of manga boom of the early 2000s, right? So okay. they were sort of dominating the marketplace with, with uh, bringing manga to America. And then in, what was it, about 2011-ish, I guess... They announced that they were no longer going to uh, publish. They were shutting down their publishing program, uh, uh, and the, but they didn't go away. So they didn't close. Um, they just stopped publishing uh, their works. Now, then, quietly over the years, they they started like putting out all of their old stuff just digitally. Um, they started locking up some new licenses over from Japan. They started. Just very slowly for four years, kind of coming back into the publishing marketplace, um, and arguably the thing that that made them take a step back in the first place was uh, their uh, what was it? Their OEL um, like manga pilot program. They were trying OEL is uh, original English language manga. So right. what, what they were looking for were basically Americans to make manga. And they were passing around this contract. Are they a Japanese company? No, they're an American company. They're an American company. Okay. Uh, they were passing around this contract trying to get fresh, young talent, usually fresh, young, not, not experienced talent, mm-hmm. to do a number of pages for very little money. Uh, I, I think it was either twenty dollars a page or seven fifty for the whole thing, and they wanted like okay. twenty four to thirty six pages for this pilot program. And if they thought it was good, then you you would get to make a whole. They would give you a contract, and you get to make a whole thing. Uh, but otherwise, they would run it in like a sampler that they were doing, okay. um, like a Tokyo Pop sampler. the The problem with this contract was it was it was really bad. Uh, super duper unprofessional like it was horribly written um and and what i mean by horribly written was like there's there's two schools of thoughts on contracts these days there's the the super legal you know we own your property in this universe and all other universes around the multiverse kind of thing and that that kind of language for realsies does appear in contracts and then there's the um uh, I don't know the the exact terminology for it, but it's basically the common, you know, the 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 anti legalese common tongue contract, which is to say that, look, this contract's only four pages long, and that's because it outlines this, and we understand the meaning of it. And if we ever end up in court, we have a lot of other documents to explain that we understand the meaning of this. Like we have a bunch of emails back and forth, we have all this stuff. So this contract just covers our bases. We don't need to. You know, you're aware that this is this kind of contract. I don't need to say that I that I'm going to do this in the multiverse and elsewhere. What Tokyo Pop was handing out was, uh, and, and both those kinds of contracts are okay, by the way. What Tokyo Pop was handing out was a contract with. Let me see if I can 
find some of this. Well, are, are you going to go to the moral moral rights part? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I'm there ahead of you. <laughs> so they had a section about moral rights. Uh, yeah. Now most contracts have this. Okay. So don't freak out or anything like that. And it's and it's not even exactly what it sounds like. Uh, but it's it's basically your right to uh, how do I sum this up? I tried to get Katie on this morning, <laughs> and she was unavailable. <laughs> uh, I told her we'd plan in advance next time. But moral rights uh, essentially uh, give you the the right to your work, to your credit on the work. Okay. Okay. So uh, most contracts include moral rights for for the creator because this is how you're accredited it's where your name appears it's you know it's it's your right to your work and and what you do with it i mean it's it's kind of a big deal okay so so let me read you uh the the moral rights section to be credited for the work that you do yes it's your right i mean that's what it boils down to is your is your credit the credit on your creation your right to it your right to accreditation okay Here's the moral rights section of the Tokyo Pop contract from, I believe this was 2008 that they were handing out. Uh, It's entitled Moral Rights and Your Credit. Moral rights is a fancy term, the French thought it up, that basically has to do with having your name, I swear to God, this is the exact language from the contract, Okay. that basically has to do with having your name attached to your creation, your credit, and the right to approve or disapprove certain changes to your creation. Of course... We want you to get credit for your creation, and we want to work with you in case there are changes. But we want to do uh, so under terms in in this pact instead of under fancy French ideas. Oops. I swear to God, this is the contract. <laughs> so in order this for is an American company, yes. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to adapt the manga pilot, that's that was the name of the program, right. the manga pilot for different media, and to determine how we should include your credit in tough situations, you agree to give up any moral rights you might have. Okay. That that was the actual clause from the contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then these people went out into Comic-Cons, and they found artists they liked. They said, I like this kid, so they grabbed him, right? Yep. And then they pulled him into a room by gunpoint, <laughs> and then they put the no, gun no, to their no. heads and said, you fucking signed this contract. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to give up my moral rights. They're like, fuck you. We're Tokyo Pop, um, and we're kind of like the Yakuza, and you have to sign this. I'm sorry, or it's a gun to your head. And he's like, I don't fear death. And then they're like, oh, really? What about your daughter? And then a, a glass, a glass door opened, and and through the window you see, oh God, the guy's family. He's like, no, do what you want to me, but leave my family out of this. And then they're like, sorry, dude, we need your idea for um your 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 manga. And um, so the guy had to fucking sign it, and they're an evil company. Yeah, right. That's how it went down, right? Cool. Uh, no, that is not how it went down. Uh, how it went down, <laughs> how it went down was, was as such. The Tokyo pop get to you? No, no. Tokyo pop did not get to me. Um, here's, here's how it went down. And this is, and this is not for a second there. Oh, am I back? <laughs> Yo, okay. You're back. You can't stop us. Tokyo pop. Here's, here's how it went down. Uh, and, and first of all, this was not, this was a, it was the wild west of comics from like. 2000 to 2006 or five 
Okay. Oh, yeah. They were dark days. It, it was pretty weird. <laughs> comics as a medium, comics was coming out of the collector boom, right? That saw everyone trying to buy comics to, as a, as a as an investment. Uh, terrible idea, by the way. I I would recommend a Roth IRA, maybe if you're young. Uh, if you're a little older, I'd go with an annuity. Of what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking, crazy talking about the future. Signing a Tokyo Pop contract. So here's what they did. Uh, and this is why it was a, it was quite shady. So no, nobody forced anybody to sign a contract. But what they did is they went after... Because it sounds like... They went after very young, oh. very impressionable uh, oh. people at conventions and would use <laughs> uh, what are considered strong-arm tactics like... Uh, well, after no, not guns, but but oh. literally, okay. So so here's what I'll do, Scott. Because look, everything you're saying is right, okay. But let's rewind yeah. time, and let's talk to 18 uh, year old Scott at his first okay. convention. No problem. Okay. Now you don't have a table or yeah. anything like that. You've just got a portfolio. Yeah. And you're walking around, and there's all these publishers, and the yeah. the single largest, and you love manga, right? So, okay. So maybe yeah. maybe 18 year old Scott's a bad example, but. Uh, okay, let's let's pretend like. Listen, you could this, this actually happened, so go ahead. Okay, great. So your story, but just replace um, manga with, or replace Tokyo Pop with Image, and replace whoever runs that with Larry Martyr, and 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 say it's the '95 San Diego Comic Con. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because that actually happened. So go ahead. Right. So uh, you come up to you know this person at mm-hmm. Tokyo Pop or Image for you, and you're showing them your portfolio, and they go, "Man, this is amazing. This, seriously, this is the greatest." You're quoting Larry Martyr. <laughs> okay. And and then they say, you're perfect for this new thing that we've got going on. Like, you're amazing okay. for it. And in fact, we want to hang out with us this weekend a little bit. We want to kind of wine you and dine you. And then maybe the next night you go have beers or whatever. And then there's like one day of the show left. And they go, look, we're ready to do this right now. I got the contract in the booth in the back room. Pop in with me and sign it. And let's get this on. Okay, that did not happen. With okay, <laughs> now, now let's Larry say. Larry said, "Call me. The con is a really bad place to do business, but call me as soon as you get home. We want to publish this." Right. And then so he never took my call. So it was a sad time <laughs> for Scott. <laughs> but let's say, let's say, eighteen-year-old uh, manga Scott, and it's yeah. you know, and it's two thousand five or six, right? Yeah. Uh, and and you've just had this happen to you, and they're like. Crazy. They're like, it's Sunday, it's the last day show, come to the booth, take a look at this contract. And then they just slap yeah. the contract down in front of you and they go, this is it. This is your chance. Yeah. Okay, so if you say, yeah, I'm in, I sign it, then you just signed away your moral rights. If you say, I really want somebody to look at this, like I'm not a contract person, I want somebody to look at this. They would literally... Whoa, 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 kid. Yeah. You don't want someone to look at this. There you go. Because <laughs> Stanley here, he's willing to do it and he doesn't want anyone to look at it. Like read read the language, man. Don't worry about moral rights. This is oh, a weird we French thing. That. It's a Listen, French. I know what it says. That's just legal mumbo jumbo French talk. We got you. <laughs> yeah, that's we in just the got contract somebody. because of the fucking French. It's we're only going to do that to you. We're not going to put moral rights in there. That's a oh, French look, idea. Scott, here's the thing. I know it says that we have the right to your website and everything on it after a year of doing this. We never have to pay you again, but. We're going to pay you again. Oh, wait, no, we're talking about what actually Well, but that, that's the really <laughs> shady part, right? Is they don't actually, yeah. they don't explicitly say in the moral rights section what they're going to or not going to do. 
which is not unusual. They kept it very loose, but you're literally no, signing away I'm, your build, I'm ability. Doing, well, and, and not only that, but it, 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 it there's there's a, I, this is the part that I'm really upset about. Determine this goes back to the quote. Determine how we should include your credit in tough situations. How tough does it get to give somebody credit for their work? This well, is not, this is and, not and I'll, difficult stuff. And I'll tell you I their practice Steve at the time. I credited Steve as a co-creator on the first Table Titans book. He didn't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> he well, barely colored it. But here's here's the uh, <laughs> here's uh, here's an example of what they were doing in these 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 were the tough situations. <laughs> they were placing advertisements for their books without crediting the creators. What is that a tough situation? It is tough. Well, but like define it, right? Like, because this is where we get into you know definition of terminology, and they've they've literally used the word tough situation. So now the question is, you know, one, do you care that your name's not on an ad? Yeah, you should. But two, are you going to go to what court happened? and fight? Well, we didn't credit you when we solicited it. Why? Uh, it's a really tough situation. What's tough about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I uh, was getting a blowjob at the time. Really, <laughs> right. I, can't, I don't know what to do. It was to, so hard. It was really I hard couldn't concentrate. concentrate. <laughs> I wrote that thing three times, and the three, the three, two times the solicitation said, um, in this issue, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, what movie was that? Swordfish, where the guy has to write some – he's got to hack into a website while he's getting a blowjob. Is that really the premise of Swordfish? It's the uh, it's like one well, of the opening one scenes. Of the so you're the number one hacker, huh? <laughs> Jackman? Yes. yes, I am. You can hack into anything? Yeah. Hack into the Pentagon. Did it yesterday, no problem. Really? Can you can you swordfish the Pentagon? What's a swordfish? Can you hack something while you're getting a blowjob? What? Yeah, can you hack something while you're getting a blowjob? Can you swordfish? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, motherfucker can't swordfish. Oh, shit. I've swordfished. I can swordfish. Okay, well, can you double swordfish? What the fuck is a double swordfish? It's where you're swordfishing, but the person giving you the blowjob is Hal Berry. You know Halle Berry? She's look under the desk. Hello. Look it up, buddy. Ah, oh, fuck. Double swordfish. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, oh, God, this ain't the Jurassic Park. Nick thing. Okay. Hmm. Oh, God, Halle Berry. Don't think about Halle Berry. I can swordfish this. I can double swordfish it. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm and hacked. So that's exactly what was happening at Tokyo Pop in 2008. You got swordfished. Got swordfished. Uh, but anyway, that's an example of strong arm tactics. Edit all that out, please. No, that's staying. That is in. Aww, <laughs> uh, so now they're back. Okay. Now they go to Anime Expo and they announce that they're officially publishing again. Yay. And not and only line to sign up <laughs> Not only are they not only are they officially publishing again, now they've got a new way for you to self-publish your own comics, and it's called Pop Comics. It's called Swordfish. <laughs> so here's how it works. <laughs> Instead of getting a blowjob, you're taking it someplace else. Nothing? No, I didn't get it. Wow. I don't understand. Well, I didn't Brad. want to get graphic. Brad. What? You stupid fuck. <laughs> Listen. 
if you're going to go for an anal joke, yes. You got to you have to say in the butt. Oh, uh, well. You can't. <laughs> you got to commit, man. Brad, the Supreme Court has it, made dude. this shit legal. You can talk about I it now. It's okay. No, that's not what the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said nothing about butt sex. They God did. Corey, I've told Wasn't you twice. it? This is all got to come out. <laughs> Pop comics. <laughs> I just wanted on record that Brad Geiger couldn't say anal. Couldn't say butt. <laughs> he was I like, was, I was oh, originally going to say, you're going to have to do it in the in the in the other place. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say taking it up the ass, but I thought that was too oh, far. Oh no! Whoa. Hey, Whoa. yo, listen, Whoa. Brad Geiger. Whoa, Brad! Tone it down. <laughs> what was that? Whoa! Hey, that's <laughs> holy Jesus. Nikes. Do we have to find somebody else for this show? Brad God, <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know, man. <laughs> Taking it up the ass. I think I saw it on an episode of Broad City. I don't understand. Is that like? Is that happening? Sex? I don't know. What kind of depravity is that? I don't get it. I don't want to it was talk just my it. it was it was a split second decision and I and I backed away at the last minute. I I, I, I apologize. Pop comics. I, I really feel for your wife. That's all I'm gonna say. I really feel for your wife. <laughs> Honey, happy anniversary. I think this I think tonight we could uh, do it in the other place. Do it in the other place. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brad! No, because you said it that way. No. If, if you're gonna be man enough to do it, you've got to be man enough to say it. Well, but you know, what more than likely happened is she came to you and said, "Brad, I think tonight for our anniversary, I'm gonna let you do it in, in the other place." And you went in the car. <laughs> like in the shed. You know what? I always wanted it's, to do it in the shed. Redacted. Outside redacted. of outside of the bedroom. In the shed. <laughs> oh God. We're gonna finally have sex without kissing. <laughs> Jesus okay, fuck. That's enough. I've done oh, there's much. so much editing in here. So... Tokyo pop. Listen. <laughs> Tokyo pop. Pop comics. Oh, so my. pop comics is one of what are now a, a multitude of these self-publishing platforms. Yeah, they're everywhere now. They're all over the place. Uh, you've got Taptastic. Uh, you've got Line oh. Webtoons. Webtoons okay. Live. Yeah. And then you've got the old school ones, Keen Spot, Drunk Duck, which yep. is now The Duck. I mean, there's a ton <laughs> of Drunk Duck's still around? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know that. So here's here's what these things are. They're you as a creator who don't want to have to worry about setting up ads or hosting or any of that stuff. You just go to one of these these conglomerate sites and you just post your stuff. And then they and then and then they as the as the publisher handle everything. And then if you make more than X number of dollars from your advertising, they cut you a check. Uh, and, you know, they, they claim you get these benefits of like, oh, there's a big community around us and, you know, everybody reads everybody else's comic and et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think there's some truth to some of that, but I, I don't know, man. I, I'm very do-it-yourself. Well, And Tokyo Pop is copy. claiming that with Pop Comics, you get 100% copyright and creative control. 
Which, if it's anything like any of the other publishing platforms, that's probably true. Well, look, there's a good chance that Tokyo Pop learned their lesson. But here's one thing that we can guarantee won't happen. Creators won't. We live in a day and an age where you can do it all on your own, and there's always going to be companies offering shitty contracts. It's like Hydra. You yeah. cut off one head, two more will appear. And this isn't Soviet Russia. This isn't Soviet Russia. Is it Soviet Russia? Not Soviet Russia no, over here. I didn't no. think so. Okay. So you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You just don't. And I will never be angry at these companies for offering um, shitty contracts. Companies will always offer shitty contracts. I'm not going to get pissed at the tiger for attacking a person. Tigers attack people. Right. Don't go near the fucking tiger cage. They're wild animals. They will kill you. <laughs> They've got pointy teeth for yeah. a reason. Here, pro tip. Cougars can't be pets. <laughs> can't do it. Well, you know? and I think I think we need to keep talking about that because I think it, what what's happened is we've had an erosion in the term of publishing. Back in the day, if you said you were going to publish somebody, it meant something. Now, if you tell somebody you're going to publish somebody online, it means that you're going to give them a plug-and-play uh, website to put to upload their stuff. There's no real publishing going on there. It's something you can do for yourself really easy. I'm necessarily – I'm going to argue I, with both of you. I'll disagree with you there. I'm going to argue with nah, you, and I'm going to argue with Scott. I, I, I disagree with you both. I think – You're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. I think that <laughs> – uh, that there is a big problem with with companies offering shitty contracts, um, because they're going after people who don't know any better, and I think that uh, it is not super easy to just throw up a site and get it. Now it really is. It, it, you can do it in Tumblr in five minutes. Well, sure, but you can't monetize that. You sure you, you can, can put ads on Tumblr. I've got ads on my Tumblr site. Really? When did that happen? It's been a long time. And, and you can even point it to your own domain name. So oh, Geiger.com is actually a, a Tumblr site. Oh, Corey. Hold on. Check it out. What? How, much, way, do they, how much do they take from the advertising? <laughs> <laughs> how much do they take from the advertising on Tumblr? So much. None. It's just, those are just Google ads I put up. Tumblr doesn't get a dime of it. Interesting. Well, I'll have to do some research on that. I'll have to look into it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just I took six your little argument, didn't it? It did. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, listen, for you. you can't, you we can't get any pride. easier. We've got a taste for lion's blood. <laughs> now, here's, uh, here's my counter to you, Brad. Wouldn't you agree, though, that Tumblr is just like, like pop comics or line webtoons or any of these other things. No. I mean, it's just no, a service. They're not taking any of my money. There's no contract signed. It's it's literally there's a, a eula. There is a contract system. signed, and, I, and it's no, there no, until no. I'm ready to graduate to the next thing. No. Well, I and I do agree with you with that. I do, I disagree that it's free. There's some there's something. Oh, I'm not. Believe me, Corey. I'm not paying a dime for this. <laughs> <laughs> did you? That's not what I meant. But, did you read? Did you read your eula, Brad? okay look well look it's very it's definitely easier now than ever before to do your own thing uh especially if you're doing it on the web 
I mean, far I, away. Look, I'm not saying it's not shitty. I'm not saying that it's not. Uh, but like, I, I, I've been. Uh, the criticism I get all the time is like, well, that's easy for you to say. You're established. No, I, I know I'm established. Yeah, but, but you I'm weren't established. established at the beginning. Yeah. And the reason why I'm established is because I never signed these shitty contracts. Right. I, I the the the. You know, I I had a big argument over Chinese food one night, and I'm like, look, we just need to – I know we're here in the middle of it, but we need to just do this and this and this. And the person I was with said, that's easy for you to say, but we're not in a position to do that. You know, we have to think about our career. And my wife, who normally stays very quiet, got really pissed and said, Scott's always thought that way. That's why he can, he's in this position. Right. Yeah. Scott's always yeah. considered himself, no, this is unacceptable. We're going to walk up back and do this. And if you don't start thinking of yourself that way, you'll never be in that position. And nor will anyone else ever treat you that way. Yeah, when PvP first started, it was a bullshit. It was not a baby. It was a crappy idea. It was a throwaway idea. It was, Scott, we're starting a website. We need uh, a comic about video games. And I'm like, well, I got a video. I got a comic strip about teachers I can convert, but I, I want to keep the rights. I hadn't even created it yet. I had until Monday. It was Thursday. And they said, we don't want rights. We just want to be able to say that your traffic is our traffic. And I said, okay, I can do that. But I would not have done it if they wanted my rights. And that was before there was anything. And then when the when they finally said, hey, guess what? Great news. We're going to sign with this company, and we're going to start paying you um, a percentage of your advertising. And then you can make a real living. With with your traffic, you'll, you'll be able to make two, three grand a month. Mm. And the contract came in, and it was E-Front. This was 97, 98? No, this was 2000. 2000. So it was right when the bubble was 90, going to burst. 99, 2000. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was E-Front, and I didn't <laughs> sign it. I told Mike and Jerry, don't sign it. They signed it. They signed away their rights. And luckily, E-Front went under. And, you know, you can go look at the ICQ logs where they're all joking about how Mike and Jerry are starting shit, and they don't want to do this their work, and... And they're laughing about how, well, according to our contracts, we can fire them, so let's just fucking fire them. And everyone's outraged. But Mike and Jerry signed those contracts. Right. And, yeah, those guys are sleazy, and they're assholes, and that's kind of a mean thing to do. Um, but that's the contract Mike and Jerry signed. It was, we're going to give you $3,000 a month for a year. In exchange, we own your website and everything on it. Well, but then you could make T-shirts. Uh, yeah, we could, but we're never going to do that. And I'm like, well, you say that now, but I don't know if you're going to feel that way in a year. Ah, look, trust me, we don't want to do that. Okay, well, I'm going to assume you do, and I'm going to say no. Here's and a, then I, think I can he, tell you right now, and Angie has the emails, it was when I didn't sign that contract and I went to UGO um, – it, I have all the emails where the guy there was like, what are you doing? Please call me. This is ridiculous. How could you do this to us? It was crazy. Well, like, <laughs> and again, I think those are those are perfect examples of strong arm tactics. And, and good for you, man, for sticking to your guns like that because I don't think most creators would. I think they would bow to that pressure. But I, I think well, you, and, I you, think know, you hit the, the crux of it. The thing is like what I'm trying to say is and, – and, and I'm not saying they're not strong arm tactics, and I'm not saying it's not immoral and sleazy. Uh, what I'm saying is the action to take is not to pursue these evil companies. Right. It is to educate creators. Yes. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but 
the blame is on you, the creator. It's your life. It's your work. It's your responsibility. That, there's, there's the word and I'm looking for, responsibility. It's your responsibility, and I know this is hard, and this is where um, I'm less of a follow your passions and do what you love kind of guy because, no, that doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. um, I like what Mike Rowe says where you don't follow your passions. Just take your passions with you wherever you go. <laughs> um, and I really like that attitude. What I'm going to say is that um, you have to believe in your own self-worth or it doesn't matter who is going to offer you what contract. You know, Even Marvel coming and saying, we want to make you famous. We're going to give you a lot of money and you're going to make stuff for us and we're going to own it, but you're never going to worry about money again and you're going to be a famous cartoonist. You still have to worry about your own self-worth. You still have to believe that it's okay. And creator's guilt is this real phenomenon. I don't know why it's there, but it's just something you got to get over. We have to, Everyone has to get over. Can we back up a little bit there? Because this goes into something I've been really uh, uh, hammering away at uh, uh, on my students, uh, and I want to hear what you guys think about it, and that is this. They let you teach? Uh, I disagree. I, uh, what's that? They let you teach kids? <laughs> <laughs> so far, I've been able to, to to get away with it. Nobody's noticed. But uh, oh, boy. Here's, here's something that I want to talk to you about. That is this. That scenario that you just said where Disney comes up and says, I'm going to give you a lot of money and you're going to be – that doesn't happen, hasn't happened for a long time, and to a great extent – arguably never happened. This whole idea of the guy rolling up in the limousine and rolling down the window and says, and discovered, this whole idea of a creator or a creative person getting discovered doesn't happen and hasn't happened for a long time. Maybe in the studio system of Hollywood back in the 50s you could make the argument. But for the most part, this idea of being discovered and having somebody hand you a career doesn't happen. What happens is you work your ass off and, and 10 years down the road you look behind you and you've got this chain of things that happened and now you've got enough uh, uh, skill that people will give you certain jobs and you can work your way up the ladder slowly and then at the end of it all you can say you've had a career. But this whole idea of getting discovered that a syndicate or a publisher or a, a guy with a cigar is going to give you a career just doesn't happen. And yet, if you take a look at most of the people out there doing comics today, under the age of 30 particularly, that's what their dream is, is for somebody to point to them and say, for now on, you have a career. Well, not just comics either. I mean, it's still a big thing in music. There's, Absolutely. There's still this idea that uh, if we just hit the road and do it, we're going to get discovered by some talent scout or music producer or whatever. And I, I just don't think that's the case anymore, man. That's not where people are looking anymore. They're looking online now. They want to see your work. Yeah. I used to get really mad because uh, I used to get really mad at religious stuff because I grew up Catholic. I've always considered myself very religious. And when I got to college, I met the evangelicals and the weird non-Catholics. It wasn't until college, though. And... The big thing in college, all these Christians I met, was that, well, the Bible is my shield, and the sword, and the word is my sword. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's kind of badass. You know, that's not a Catholic thing. Like, <laughs> I'm a warrior for Christ. Throw whatever you want at me, Satan, because I got the Bible. That's my shield. Boom, it's a big fucking kite shield. And the word of God is my sword, and anything you come at me with, I can slice. So bring it at me. 
um, pornography. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) Um, So, but, but what I'm trying to explain to new creators is, um, we actually, we actually have that ourselves. Like, there's no company so evil that it can withstand the shield and the sword that is your self-worth and your talent. Right. And we, we actually know a really good example of that. And I won't use their names because I don't know if this is public knowledge, but we, we know a couple of animators who did an amazing series for a company, an online company, and signed, signed a bad contract and don't own that thing anymore. It's not theirs. It does not belong to them. Uh, and, and yet they you know, weathered the storm and, and continued on and now have these amazing careers as animators, are well-known animators. And it's because they just, you know, you, you made a mistake, you signed a bad contract, you move on, you keep doing the thing. You don't go back and bemoan, yeah, it sucks. You lost a property that's a really uh, a big and, um, you know, well-known property, but it that's, you know, you made a mistake. That's life. It doesn't mean that you're not good at what you do. So yeah, you can keep going, keep making, keep creating, and don't make that mistake again. Don't sign another bad contract. That's the thing that always gets to me is when people sign more than one bad contract in a row. <laughs> oh, it makes me insane, man. Here's, it's like, how did you not learn crazy from the previous these days? All right. Um, look, comics is kind of hard right now. No doubt. Mm-hmm. It really is. But... And and for the most part, all the companies kind of pay shit, right? Dark Horse, yeah, you know, Oni. I mean, pay pay in general is not great in comics right now. Pay in general is not great right now. But it's not but a I've very heard, big, it's heard, not also not a very big marketplace. So it's you no. Know. And I've heard a lot of people. For example, I, I hear a lot of buzz from people going, "Well, Boom Studios, man, they're pay as shit." You know, all these licensed properties. They come to you and it's Adventure Time, and you're like, "Oh God, I'd love to do an Adventure Time cover," and then it's two hundred bucks and. You're like two hundred bucks, like yeah, two hundred bucks or something for the cover. Like wow, what would you do? I drew it. <laughs> oh, because you love Adventure Time. Yeah, those fuckers. Well, fuck you. Why did you draw it then? Like, listen, I'm fine with either. I'm fine mm-hmm. with you saying right. No, I don't draw covers for less than five hundred bucks. So that's what you owe me, or I don't do it. And then I walked away. And I'm fine with. I said 500. They said all I got is two. I, I want to do it, so I did it. It it it, or, it undervalued my or work, I, but I really wanted to do it. Or I yeah, need no to problem. pay the bills. I know I know yeah. a creator that works for Boom right now, and he pumps out a ton of work, and he's like, eh, you know, I, it's not it's not my thing. Like, yeah, I like I like the property I'm working on, and the pay is but what I don't the pay is like whatever. But is, it's like that's his day job, man. I mean, he's what using I don't that like money to pay the when bills. When they go to Boom. And they and they don't like the pay, or they do like the pay, and they take it, and then they go online. They go, well, boom is pays shitty. Right. I'm on issue five now, and it's still shittiest pay. <laughs> fuck you! Like, stop it! You don't get to. Is it some kind of street cred? Like, I don't get it. And the weird thing is, and it's always odd to me, right? Like, you would think that all cartoonists are cut from the same cloth. But what I learned coming in was it's like, oh, what do you do? I, I'm a cartoonist. Oh, really? What do you make? Where have I seen it? Well, it's on the web. Syndicated cartoonists go, okay, you're not a cartoonist. <laughs> Comic book creators go, tell me about that. Yeah, how does that I work? I you're, was you. You're a wizard. You're, yeah, you're a fucking warlock. How did you make that happen? 
It's like, well, my Patronus is a website, so. <laughs> uh, can you swordfish? My, I, my, pat- <laughs> um, my Patronus is the internet, and I can my, I can double swordfish any day. Of the I week. can double swordfish, right? But the, so that's really weird. But then an indie an indie comic book artist is like, oh, hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's there's all these weird. It's almost like weird. clicks within clicks, within a right? click. And it's the weird yeah. thing where it's like you'll have someone go, "You like Garfield? He doesn't even fucking draw his comic anymore." It's like, right? Yeah, he's a sellout. Why is he a sellout? Well, he owns his own company and he just puts Garfield on everything. What do you think about Peanuts? Genius, yes. fucking genius. <laughs> and they're and it's exactly the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Why? How is that any different? Well, Charles Schultz drew every strip, and he he died the day the strip came out. The last strip came out. Yeah, I know he did, and I fucking cried that day. And it's poetic and it's wonderful. But how is that any different from what Jim Davis does? He writes every strip. He's a year fucking ahead. Right. Well, he's got a production studio that draws the strips for him after he's written them. He's not even a real cartoonist. Oh, what do you think of Walt Disney? <gasps> Brilliant! <laughs> really? Because he did not animate every fucking frame of Snow White. What about yeah. what about Miyazaki? Oh, Miyazaki! Oh, I'm oh. coming! Yeah. Oh, like, don't even get into, like, uh, Western European comics or Japanese comics, for that matter. I mean, Hergé is an AI. It's not even a person. Yeah. It's a fucking um it was one of those card punch machines from the 60s. It was a giant mainframe. It took out five rooms, Hergé. Are you serious? Yeah, that's why it was the clean line because it couldn't do thick lines. It was a it was an analog computer spitting out those tantan strips. Tantan. As Kellett calls it. <laughs> Tantan. I, I want to get back to something that you said earlier that I forgot about. Between his now. 268th and 269th screening of Stripped, <laughs> Kellett told me that it's pronounced <laughs> Tantan. Er, earlier you said something, Scott, that I that I wrote down and, and just now glanced at and came back to you. Is, uh, Double swordfish? No. <laughs> it was about contracts and you said, you know, uh, when somebody says, oh, well, we're not going to do that. You know, you, well, you might make sure, ah, but we're not going to. That may be true for that person, but that contract yeah, is going to last true. longer than the people. That's what you right. have to remember when you sign a contract. You're I would signing, never do that. You're signing a contract not with another person. It's not an agreement between people. It's an agreement between companies. You have to think of yourself like a business and you have to think of the person you're talking to as a representative That's of a business. very true. Corey. And those businesses are amoral. They have no, they only know business. There's no and amoral emotion. amoral doesn't mean immoral. No. It means amoral. It it's means neutral. Yeah, it means like to the robot. letter of what you wrote. So if that person leaves and a new person comes in and goes, well, contractually, we can make a ton of merch out of this stuff. And, you know, and then they do. And then you go, hey, wait a minute. You told me you never do that. They went, well, sorry, the contract says, and you weren't talking to me. And you go, well, you're, you know, you're fucking me. And it's like, well, not really. You signed the contract. (laughs) I'm just doing what you said I could do. Right, exactly. So, yeah. And, and again, it all comes down to education. And I think a lot of people um, feel that, and this is where we got to plug Katie's website because, Mm People, new creators really feel that if you go to someone and say, I don't like this line, but they go, what? And then the glasses come off and they go, I can't, oh, how, how dare you? How good dare day. you question my contract? Uh, good day, sir. And you're like, well, wait, no, it's okay. I said good day. Well, that, and then they, right. you know, everyone closes their shit and they file out and first, no one talks to you First anymore. of all, that does happen. 
And Tokyo did do that on record more than once, and that is a strong arm tactic. That's a great sign. That's a great sign to walk away. Yeah, because you want that's a test. You should do that with every. Should contract. do with every contract. They, they just made a hard decision easy because you do not want to do business yeah. with that people. Yeah. That look, it's like this, right? It's like the Confederate flag. Okay, and they're like, look, <laughs> this isn't this doesn't solve the problem because bigots are still going to fly the flag, and you're like, yes, good. The promise is obsequious. <laughs> now we, now we know. The, now we know. Now it's the symbol of where the bigots are. So yeah. if you see a Confederate flag now, you know that guy is a exactly. fucking bigot. It's, it's good. It's literally a red flag. You should avoid it. Well, you said you said to mention Katie's website. It's workmadeforhire.net. And uh, she's got a ton of... Katie's our lawyer. She's got a ton of great advice on her site. Particularly good for... You know, new new creatives or people that that haven't dealt with contracts and stuff. And the other thing I would say in, in education to creators is, it's worth the money to pay somebody to look at it. it Absolutely, it's going to be a couple hundred bucks, but it's okay. worth it. Here's what's even more important: where you don't have to spend a dime. And this is the only thing I want you to take out of anything I said today. You need to stop. Someone's offered you a contract. You need to stop and take a breath. And you need to step out of the bubble that you're in because you're inside of a bubble and it seems like you're trapped and the whole world is passing by you on the outside. This is your one shot. Everyone's succeeding and you're not. It's all illusion. I want you to think about it like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. I'm going to give you geek shit. If you want to do science fiction, it's Star Trek, okay? You're in a fucking sh- uh, weird stasis field that makes you feel everything is fearful. Here's the situation. This is the biggest thing that's ever happened in your life mm-hmm. for you. For them, it's Tuesday. Right. They already forgot about it. They're not at home going, okay, if this guy comes with this, what are we going to do? You know? John, order Chinese. Turn that fucking TV off. We got to – they don't even think about it. 90% of the time – and Corey, correct me on that number. 90% of the time. I was like 90, or 96 or 97% of the time. It's a boilerplate contract. They sent you a contract they, they have at. sent to everybody. It's the same they contract never, they've they sent to every creator. They don't even know what's fucking in it. Not even sure. They don't even know. It was written so years ago for them. Right. They paid for it one time. They right. might have had it changed a couple times. And and they're willing to, to quote unquote, negotiate in that if you come back and go, right. I don't like this language, I don't like this language, I don't like this language, nine times out of 10, they're going to read it and go, oh, God, we need to update these contracts. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. We'll change that. Right. Also, also, the people offering you the contract aren't making the decision. Nope. Mm-hmm. So when you go to them and you go, I don't like this and I don't like that. They are not going to go, whoa, wait a minute. You don't like seven? I work really fucking hard on seven. It's non-negotiable. <laughs> they don't even know what fucking seven is. They didn't know there was a seventh clause. Right. They're going to look at it and go, hmm. And when they go, eh, they're not thinking, hmm, no, that fucks up my evil plan against you. They're thinking, oh, my God, I fucking call Janice down in legal, and Janice is a bitch, and I shouldn't have fucking slept with her last month. <laughs> Oh, I know she's the one that took a shit on my desk. I know it was Janice that took a shit on my desk. Um, that's what they're thinking. I swear to Christ, on yeah. all that is holy, they don't care. So when you go, I have a problem with six and seven. I really would like it to be this and this. And they go, hmm, well, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. Why they're saying I don't know is because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to go back to legal. They don't want it to take longer than it's going to. You do. You're going to take right. that time. And if they're and, willing to work with you, in the end, they do too. 
because yeah. that guy's just the messenger. He'll take it. Exactly. He or she will take it to the next he or she, and that he or she will look at it and go, "Yeah, we can make these changes." I don't. We've been very open care. about this. We've been very open about this, and and Corey, you can cut it off if you want. But Corey came to me and he said, "Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make a comic about Dungeons and Dragons, and Watsy's gonna let us do it." And I said, "You out of your fucking mind? That'll never happen. <laughs> That's impossible. That's like a triple swordfish." <laughs> And I never myself would have presented it because I know the minute I present that, they're going to go, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> we make fantasy. We don't live in fantasy, son. <laughs> Corey presented it, and they went, oh, okay. Let me throw it up the flagpole and see what's said. <laughs> and, I mean, to this day, people come up and go, wow, how much? $30,000, $40,000 to do a year of – they don't pay us anything. <laughs> what do you mean they don't pay you anything? They don't pay us anything. It's our comic. We have to do whatever we want with it. We make the money on the comic just like any other us. Now, seriously, what's the deal with Watsy? That's the deal. We make our comic. It's just we love D&D, and we get to – they let us talk about them. They talk about us. All right, Kurtz. If you don't want it, you're sly. You're a gadfly. <laughs> you're a sly one. No one believes us. Ask Corey. No one believes us. No. But, but what I'm saying is you have something really special, and that's that you can tell stories. You build content. You, you create worlds out of thin air. And I and it's okay to say that. Like, look, don't feel like you're. Well, now I'm bragging, and I don't. My stuff's not good enough. It's, it's true. You do. It's great. Own it. Yeah. And and step up and say, you know what? I feel like for what I do, I should have this and this and this. And I'll give you this and this and this. And they, I promise you, they will not close up, and storm out, and and punch you. It's never gonna happen. You can take no, the you're time. Right. You're right. But you've got to take that first uh, first step, and that's where it comes back to responsibility. You've got to be responsible for your own career. No one else is going to do it. And if somebody offers to do it, uh, be very, very careful about that person until you know that you can trust them. And if you decide you're just going to throw fucking caution to the wind, I did it once. Uh -huh. Image came to me with a contract, and Angie's like, should we hire a lawyer? And I'm like, what's the point? Angie goes, well, we need someone to look at it. And I go, you can hire a lawyer if you want, Angie, but I'll tell you what. Even if the lawyer says don't sign it, I'm signing it. Mm -hmm. And she goes, really? And I'm like, I, it's just even if it's a shit contract, I'm with Image, and it'll pay off in, in different ways in the long run. I'm signing it no matter what. You know, I'm, I'm signing the contract. And then we got the contract, and it was the most benign thing we've ever read in our life. <laughs> so, But, yeah, like, I mean, listen – and it could have – let's say that I did that, and it was a really bad contract, and it bit me in the ass. Okay, I took the chance. I knew it was going to happen. I don't get to complain about it afterwards. Right. I yeah, because, again, it's your responsibility. That was on me. I did that. That's the thing I love most about uh, the two animators we were talking about earlier that signed a bad contract is if you ask them about it today, they'll go, eh, we were mm. young and dumb, and we signed a bad contract, and we tried to get it back, and we couldn't. And then they moved on. Yeah. They did other stuff, yeah. and it, it's well, a huge that's, property. That's and the they went. Well, you got as a creator. Yeah, right? that's the thing, right? I mean, when you go back to that whole idea of having a sword and and, and a shield, that is your sword as a creator. Is that somebody can take away the thing that you made, and that's a risk. That that's a risk at any time. They can take away the thing that you made, but they can't take away the thing that you're going to do next. Yeah, your ability to make another thing. 
Exactly. That's what you've got as a creator. It's always what you've got up your sleeve is what you come up with next. And it's what the companies need. And this isn't just for comics. It's anything. Like com companies are are built to make money off of creative ideas. Right. Like traditional, traditionally, creators aren't great at making money. It's not a thing, right? Mm. They don't know how to market themselves. They don't know how to, to manage themselves. They don't know how to how to sell themselves, really. So these companies have popped up to do it for you. That's what a book publisher is. That's what a record label is. That's what a art dealer is. That's what a you know, fill in the blank. That's what Patreon is. That's what YouTube is. It, really, that's what these companies are. They're they're providing you as the creator the tools. Now, the level of those tools changes depending on who you're with. A traditional book publisher is going to give you a, a lot of resources that you would never be able to have by yourself. And they're going to ask a lot more of you as a creator, not yep. just creatively, but also fiscally. And, and, Truly creatively, they're going to ask you to work with an editor. They're going to ask you to make changes to your creative idea. They're going to ask you to present things in a certain way. They're going to ask you to go on tour to sell your book. They're going to ask you to do a lot of stuff. And the trade-off is they're going to go out and they're going to promote the hell out of your book and they're going to make sure it shows up on time. They're going to hand you distribution and they're going to, you know, they're going to do all these things. That's the trade-off, right? Mm -hmm. The era that we're in now is this weird place where technology has taken over a lot of those middlemen. So publishers, a lot of publishers now, are scrambling to try and figure out what it is they now do anymore. Yeah, and not only that, but they, in addition to trying to figure out what they do, they're also trying to put some of the things that they could be doing back on the creator. In other words, if you're a creator with a publisher uh, looking at a, a new contract, they want you to bring a certain number of Twitter followers with you. They want you to Is have a social true? media presence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of and, decisions are being made now on that kind of stuff. I mean, look at and, look at the people on Vine that are getting advertising contracts because they their Vines get so many loops. That's right. true. Right. You know? And, and the, a publisher wants a new author uh, to bring a certain social media presence. Well, that falls under uh, marketing. And that's the thing that traditionally a publisher brought to the table in exchange for the cut that the publisher took. Now they're kind of handing that back to the author, uh, but still, <laughs> you know, Angie, the Angie, author's not getting paid for the for the marketing that he, that they're doing. Yeah. Angie asked me one time. She's like, "You follow a lot of people on Vine that all live in L.A. and know each other, and they're all like, because I see them on commercials and stuff. I'm at like Ariel Vanderberg and Jason Nash and." And, I, and I'm, she's like, why do you follow all those people? I'm like, the business, the job, work. She goes, how does that, what does that have to do with cartooning? And I go, every once in a while they'll do an ad for Doritos. Or they'll do an ad for a movie. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how does the, the model work? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to figure out their business model. And I think it's just they just do what they can every day to Vine the way I do comics. And then they get so many loops that Dorito comes to them and goes, now do a Doritos one. It, it was that at first. Now it's the opposite. Now you have agencies handling those creators. Oh, really? Yeah. <gasps> Where'd you read about that? How do you know that? Because that's what I do to you. <laughs> Go to hell, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, look, agencies traditionally would handle uh, a, a person, you know. So you've got an agency that handles actors. Uh, or maybe uh, a publicist that handles a writer, you know, or a label that handles a band, right? 
and and now we have this new breed of entertainer who's based online and there are small agencies popping up who now handle these properties mm-hmm. we i mean we just signed with one on table titans we signed with playwire they're essentially an agency they now handle advertising on our property so we don't have to anymore they're going to go out with decks and they're going to find people who are interested in advertising on our site and they're going to handle all those ads and stuff for us so that we no longer have to be the ones doing it. We don't have to chase that around anymore. I think the same thing has happened with Vine. Probably, uh, I, I would imagine that it was probably someone on Vine was the first one to go out and go to some to go to an agency and go, look, I've got I've got this many loops on this Vine and well, all they're pu- all actors and actresses, sure. so they have agents. Absolutely. And they've figured out how to monetize this now, where they can work you know, a product into a six-second vine. Um, you know, again, that goes back to the business of it, and that's why you sign these contracts, that's why you do this stuff. It's not that you can't do it all yourself. We've talked about that before as well. It's what I call like the new middle, right? The new middle class of creator is someone who does it all themselves and makes a median income and, and a median living, and they don't have to have a day job, but their day job is the creative thing that they do. It is. And that's great. That's awesome. Are you kidding? You get to leave, you get to not have a day job anymore and do that thing all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where we're at now. And it's not just for what we do in comics, but also, you know, uh, YouTube videos, uh, Twitch, Vine. There are, tw- there are literally Twitter accounts that are getting paid to promotionally tweet stuff. Uh, there are writers who are now native advertising writers. So they're like hired by, you know, uh, Folgers Coffee will hire you to write a piece that could run in the New York Times that has some kind of relevance, but really is about Folgers Coffee. It's like a hidden advertisement. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's called native advertising. Yeah. Oh, I know about native advertising. Yeah. But like people have those jobs. Yeah, I mean, I do native advertising. No, wait a minute. I thought native advertising is when you went to a site and then they have like six photos down below saying also on the web and you click that photo, which is no. usually, you know, somebody and their breast enhancement. Nah, that's just, that's just that standard advertising. Another, what is that called? Uh, that's called Annoying. horrible advertising practices. <laughs> native advertising is when, um, an ad they is hide hidden advertising content, yeah. as a news story I guess or hiding, content. Hiding is the wrong terminology. Presenting uh, ads as content. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's say there's a guy that does a lot of really funny articles. He talks about, you know, there's a YouTube video about really funny stuff. This time he's doing one about Doritos, which is not unheard of. He's done videos about stuff like products before, but this time he is actually getting paid by Doritos to do one about Doritos. And yes, it's as good and normal and and, and it's the same content you would get if he had chosen to do it himself, but he didn't choose to do it himself. He was paid to do it by Doritos. And Mm -hmm. someone might question that too and say, well, that's selling out or where's the morality of that? But I'll tell you from the creative side, it's really easy to say no to the products you don't like. Right. I mean, we've, we've done it before. People have paid us to write blog posts about stuff before, but it's a blog post that we would have written anyway. It's it's not hard. And we've often, we'll go both ways on that. We'll yeah, go. Someone said, will you write a blog post about this video game and talk about how great it is? And then I play it and I'm like, oh, I don't want to write a blog post about this. It was not that fun. Yeah. Can you do something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Penny Arcade is the king of that. Sure. And then, I don't think. They their whole. Their whole um, 
everything about them, this that their whole what's the word I'm looking for? Their whole brand is legitimacy in what they promote. Mm-hmm. You know that I mean I can't tell you how many times Roberts been like, come on guys, it's good money. You know, it's, we don't like it. And he's like, God damn it, guys. <laughs> well, but that's, I mean, Let that's me a good money. And they're like, nope, not with that. That's a good relationship, though, right? Like, it's it it's a it's, super good relationship. My job as a business guy to bring stuff to you, Scott, and it's your job as a creative to go. I know I don't like that product, or I'm not going to do that thing. And that's, yeah. I think that's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think people need to get over this concept of selling out. Um. And I and and I think that I know I do. <laughs> well, look, you can. I'm not saying you can't sell out. There are ways to sell out, and I love selling out. I sell out every issue I make. Boom. <laughs> but I but I think I think selling out is more of an internal. It's a morality issue, right? Like we would never promote a game that we're not into. To me, selling out is promoting a game that you're not into. It's being it's it's essentially false advertising. Selling out is doing something that you artistically you wouldn't do for money. Right. Yeah. God, it's I would I would dare you to find an example of someone who sold out. That's Ugh. hard. Recently? That's Was hard. Millie Vanilli is sellout? No, they're just lip syncers. They're a sellout. I mean, it's, I, yeah, I can't think of anybody recently. I'm sure there's I'm sure we're going to be flooded with comments if somebody's going to say <laughs> I would love it to use an example because I just can never really think of anybody that has done it. I and and it's hard too because you would have to have like evidence essentially that the person is promoting a product that they don't actually give a shit about yeah you know like that's hard that's hard to come by that's difficult was the was the paula dean uh story uh, uh, falling no under that? she's just a racist <laughs> <laughs> no i'm talking about her uh, uh the, the the diabetes medication that she uh got taken down for uh, i don't think so. i don't know if that's selling out why? Because she got diabetes and she promoted a diabetes medicine? I there guess was, I, after I, years and years, after years and years of saying, put in a stick of butter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's just hypocritical. That's not, that's not yeah, selling yeah, out. That falls more under hypocrisy. I mean, inle- unless her goal was to give herself diabetes so that she could sign the contract. <laughs> As usual, the recipe starts with a whole stick of butter. <laughs> And that's my, just for you to chew on while you're doing the actual if, if recipe. If that's the case, and my grandmother is also guilty of <laughs> Paula Deaning it. Well, look. <laughs> my grandmother puts a stick of butter in everything. The German. <laughs> yeah. This recipe starts with a stick of butter. <laughs> and ends with a smile. Read your contracts. That's all. <laughs> It's not complicated. Just read your contracts, That's and don't where he ended up. and don't sign away your rights. Well, ah, we're done. Let's wrap it up, <laughs> guys. Don't sign away your rights. You don't have to. You don't have anymore. to. Uh, it, it all comes down to uh, self confidence and responsibility. Or do yeah, at, at, at sign least, them at away? Well, yeah, and I I think I mean, that's an important it. point too. Or do, or sign them away and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Because there are scenarios where that's okay, I legitimately okay. I know that I know somebody might say, "Well, you just spent an hour and a half telling me not to sign away my rights." But seriously, if you like, don't want to. Yeah, if you if it's oh. if it's something that you don't want to lose, then don't sign it away. But if it's you know if it's the idea was made for selling, then sign it. Then 
sell it and then go but do the work. This. If you sign your rights away, there is no scenario where it does well and and um the people that have the rights go, well, he's a nice guy. Right. Yeah. Certainly not in America. Oh, in Japan, I've... it's different. Yeah. In other countries, <laughs> and that's a stipulation is in other countries, it's a little different, but, but you're other a Japanese guy, you're golden. Other countries have federal laws in place that protect people from that kind of stuff. But in America, we don't. So if you sign away oh, your no, rights, I didn't know that. yeah, crazy. there's a lot of weird, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a Japanese legal expert, but I had to deal with it once in a while when I was over there and it, it gets real weird, real fast. <laughs> Lawsuits are the weirdest, man. I mean, super weird. It's like, you know, you slipped and fell on water outside somebody's shop and you don't, you barely get to court before the person is just paying all of your medical bills and shit. Like they just, it's just, ah, it was my fault. Here's money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. They don't mess. They, yeah, they don't mess around. Um, and the same is true with rights, but you know, there are a lot of creators in, in Japan that have, uh, that own a portion of their rights or have back all their rights. Um, and I think it's important to note too that when you talk about rights, you're talking about multiple things. There's uh, a right to publication. There's media rights. There's uh, intellectual rights, creative and intellectual rights. Um, and you know, and these are all different things. So when you sign with a publisher, you're signing away your publishing rights. You're giving that publisher the right to publish your idea. Now, right. usually, and if you're thinking, oh, I can't keep track of all that. You don't have to. No, we're gonna we're gonna provide links for lawyers and free services. There's there's all kinds of opportunities. There's all kinds of Just resources. Seriously, work workmadeforhire.net. Go to Katie's website. website. You can you can even hire her to look over your stuff straight up. She'll do it. But. You you probably just need to read her blog. Well, no, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Tell her, give her a code. Let's give her a surviving creativity code or something. She's getting all these phone calls. Like, what did you guys do? What is this? Just call Katie and give her the cool code Swordfish. It's boiling in this office. Can I please be done with the podcast? We're done. <laughs> don't sign away your rights. <laughs> please don't sign away your rights. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you had a good time. Remember, this show only exists because of you. If you like what you heard, head to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and please consider becoming a patron. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week on another episode of Surviving Creativity. <laughs>